Yo, welcome back to Return to Play Podcast. I'm your host, Steven. And with me as always, Danny. And we have a big week ahead, Steelers-Browns week. Uh, we don't have to worry about the Penn State season anymore. We're destined for the Rose Bowl again against uh, probably Oregon. And uh, if Bo Nix plays, we'll probably get, we'll probably lose. And uh, they fired their offensive coordinator, Penn State. So we'll see if anything changes. Uh, probably not because James Franklin's a pussy in these big games. But the, the offensive play calling for Penn State has been atrocious this year. And also on top of that, Drew Aller, um, you know, is still learning and, and still young. And then he doesn't have very good wide receivers to catch the ball. So they've got to address some issues. And we supposedly have one of the best offensive line in the country with all seniors pretty much. But that proved to not uh, be worth much of a damn. Uh, I do think we were if if Drew Aller didn't fumble the ball in the third quarter um, when we finally start and if getting a rhythm, I think that did change the whole momentum and the rest of the game. But yeah, no, it's it's never good. It's all it's the same shit year after year. Uh, it's the definition of insanity. And uh, sounds like we've got eight more years of this bullshit. I don't know, man, if Jimbo can fire. If Jimbo can fire, if AM can fire Jimbo with a $76 million buyout, hopefully we can make make some kind of move. Yeah, it does. I mean, that, yeah, that, that Drew Aller's taking unnecessary heat, played very well this year. He's had really nothing to do. No, no plays, you know, no, nowhere to go with the ball in that Ohio State and the Michigan game. They were just completely outmatched, uh, both those games, really. Um, fumble was huge, but that's just as just the second turnover of his of his entire career so far to a thirty total career touchdown. So, I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, I hope the uh, you know it's it's the same thing that uh, kind of the same thing with Hackenberg. You know, they they Aller to I mean, obviously he's been much more productive and and seems to have more of a skill set than Hackenberg did. Um, rather than you know molding the offense around what they have, it's kind of like they want to morph their quarterback into Trace McSorley, basically. But he's obviously a very entirely different quarterback. So um, definitely painful to watch. Should be a lot better next season. A lot of young, very young team, very young offense. They can get a couple couple more big play guys. Should be a pretty decent team next year, especially if Aller takes a big step forward. But is what it is. It is what it is. James Franklin can't hurt me anymore. (laughs) I don't even get my hopes up anymore. So screw you, James. This is what you've done to me. That's always right there. (laughs) It's just, yeah, it's we we know exactly what we're getting. I guess we can take solace in that. We know we're gonna go nine and two every year or ten and two every year. (laughs) And uh we'll we'll see with the twelve team playoff next year how far we can go. Um, theoretically we should be in the top half of that 12 teams or top eight and it might be able to at least get one win to to play a a good team a top 10 team and then we'll get you know history will repeat itself but let's move on 
to the we NF. Get the, we get the oh. we get the duck Ohio State in two seasons, so yeah, that might, that might help too. That might Except Aller will be gone at that point. Uh, not if he, not if uh, we keep just losing to these same two teams and look mid against really good competition. He might he might play a third year. We need some we need some big nil boosters. Throw him that fat check. Them yep, rosy I know. Yeah. I think, oh, and then while we're recording a day early because I am headed to Deutschland tomorrow with friend of the show, Lance, and we plan on having a, a nice three-day trip there. I will obviously report back. Dealers will be a nice primetime spot Sunday night there, uh, and we will be at the pub. I already found one with Sunday ticket and brought my brought my terrible towel not my not my og towel but just a, a terrible towel i lost my og towel at the somewhere somewhere between the stadium and the casino after uh the monday after Roethlisberger's final home mm. game end of an and era I was, I was very i was very sad but but yes it also it, it seemed very poetic so i i kind of got over it yes that if you're gonna lose it at any time, well, Lance lost a signed terrible towel by Joey Porter. Mm. Yeah, that's leave, that's leave tough. Way to tough. Lance. Some shit Lance would do. Yep, lost it, gone forever. Well, let's get into former Steelers wide receiver Martavius Bryant, who signed to the Dallas Cowboys. And I do believe we mentioned this last week, but uh, just to just to recap, he's on the practice squad. I would assume he's going to be on the practice squad for at least a month to just get reacclimated to football, uh, which which would put him right at you know the last few weeks of the season to maybe you know come up and be activated. I have no clue where he's at, uh, you know, physically or speed wise. I haven't seen any videos. But uh, I assume if they sign him to the practice squad and he does well enough there, if there's any injuries, you know, I think Jerry Jones is the type of guy to bring him back first against maybe other practice squad guys late late in the season. It would be cool to see him, you know, catch a touchdown pass five years after. Would be cool. He he did play in the XFL, so he – this yeah. year even so he should be relatively somewhat in you know good condition i think he played in like the cfl or something in between two um but i i mean there's i've seen it's funny like i've seen some people like pick him up in fantasy leagues yeah it's like so, like it, it, there's no circumstance i don't care who gets hurt he's not gonna you know he's not gonna have enough snaps or targets to, to even matter you just kind yeah, of to mean, maybe have a goal line touchdown or like a big play or something, but not worth. It. I don't think he's going to see the field this year, at least. But definitely uh, would be a good, good redemption story. Definitely had a lot of a uh, lot of potential, made a lot of big plays in in very limited time, and uh, sucks. Yeah, very uh, disheartening. An era, an era that should have been very good in Pittsburgh that uh, didn't achieve much. Yeah. Man, that, that I just now I'm sad. Yeah, what could have been <laughs> the mid 20 teens Pittsburgh with the killer bees? 
that whole team was freaking loaded and they couldn't win a freaking playoff game. Yeah. Blake Bortles. Fucking Blake Bortles. Yep. The boat. <laughs> let's let's move on before I get sad. Yeah. We'll move on to Matt Stafford and his kind of sad end of his career here. Other than the Super Bowl, obviously, but since then, you know, he I get it. There's still money to be made out there. Um, but it's not been a good uh two two years post Super Bowl for him. But he is coming back Sunday, so we won't get to see Carson Wentz against the Seahawks defense. Unfortunately, that would have been funny. But no, we'll we'll get Stafford. We'll see what I'm sure he'll he'll fit right back in and that offense will tick back up the line moved from uh Seattle minus three to Seattle minus one. So now it's pretty much a pick'em game. And uh I I kind of do like the the Rams, I think, at home too. You know, Seahawks are definitely vulnerable, barely beat a pretty bad uh, Washington team uh, who is fighting. They're, they are fighting and scrapping, so Washington is. So watch out for them, too, I think, to play, keep games close the rest of the season, whereas other people might have wrote them off. But let, let's move on to another write-off team, the Arizona Cardinals. And Kyler Murray looked all right. I didn't watch the game. I just watched a couple highlights. And, you know, he looked he looked comfortable out there. And I think the biggest pickup fantasy-wise would be the tight end McBride, uh, who, you know, popped off, obviously, this first game with Kyler back. But uh, Kyler does like to throw to tight ends, especially when he's scrambling. The tight end's typically a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage and uh, a little bit easier of a bigger target to hit as well rather than uh, streaking the ball down the field off throwing off one leg. So I do I do think McBride and even Kyler will have a pretty good end to the fantasy year here. But we'll we'll see. There's still plenty of time for this all to to get even worse again for the Cardinals. Any anything to add before we get into? I, 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 I just second the Kyler take. Yeah, looked very comfortable. Looked uh, you know confident running on the leg. Was making plays. Looked good. Um, Cardinals looked good. Obviously looked explosive. Getting Connor back too. Um, they might actually be a a dangerous team down the stretch and then ruin their draft position. So might sneak up on a couple teams. They're definitely not the uh, you know the the one and eight. Cardinals that started off the year. It's going to be a completely different Cardinals uh, for the latter half. The Rams, yeah, I mean, Stafford, I, I still think, I, you know, I like the receivers still, Nakua and uh, Cooper Cup. I know they obviously weren't producing while he was injured. But with the Vikings being in, locked in that seventh, not locked in, but being currently the seventh seed right now, uh, who knows, they could they could falter a little bit without Cousins and uh, – after that, you know, the NFC, being in the NFC, the, the Rams aren't eliminated, so they do still have some stuff to play for. I think they could uh, really turn their season around with a with a home dub over the Seahawks. We'll see how that NFC West shakes out. Obviously, none of these teams are probably going to catch the 49ers, so they are playing for a wild card spot, and it should be that should be another close three, three teams there close. Well, obviously not the. Cardinals aren't going to make up the ground to make the playoffs, but um, the the Rams and Seahawks game this week, it does have some 
I think, playoff implications for either of those teams. It's going to, for the Rams especially, if they lose here with Stafford back, then it's going to be really tough to to climb back into the playoff picture, I think. So I think the Rams do have something more to play for on Sunday. And then uh, just to get the last loose loose end out of the way, Dallas Goddard for the Philadelphia Eagles is out for around four weeks with a forearm fracture, which will require surgery. Um, I will say with a forearm fracture, the um, piece of fascia that connects your uh, radius and ulnar is called the interosseous membrane. And when you have a forearm fracture, it's really hard to regain your pronation and supination. So if you put your elbow at 90 degrees by your waist, bend your elbow and turn your hand up and then turn your hand face down to be flat on the table. Uh, That motion is very important for a ball catcher, a pass catcher. And it's also a very hard motion to fully regain after a fracture, especially in four weeks, it's hard to regain that full range of motion and you might never get your full range of motion back for, for supination at least, um, or I'm sorry, for pronation at least to turn your hand down towards the table. So I would, I would kind of keep an eye on that for Dallas guard. I'm sure, I'm sure he's going to get his full range of motion back at some point with the medical care he's getting, but it's still not going to be there in four weeks post-op. So I would definitely look for that when he does come back to, to probably fade him. And the other bit of Eagles news was uh, Jalen Hurts was visibly banged up in uh, last week's game. And, you know, who knows how uh, how recovered he is. You know, everyone gets banged up and hurt by this time of year in the NFL. There's no one that's fully healthy, but uh, we'll see if he still has if he's still a hundred percent to scramble and throw and all that, which I think he will be, but it, 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 there are, are reports out there that he's not a hundred percent healthy right now going into this chief's primetime game. Been an abysmal year for tight ends in general, you know, outside of Kelsey, obviously Kelsey's still Kelsey, but still hasn't been productive as he's been the past couple years. Um, but outside of that, you know, even Mark Andrews has been disappointing. There's been the tight ends you drafted, you can pick up a waiver each week that that's, that's as productive. You know, it's it's basically Kelsey and then Kittle's had a couple explosive weeks and then everyone else just kind of bottom feeding. It feels like another another tight end that wasn't getting any stats. Pat Fryermuth back practicing. Uh, sounds like he will be activated hopefully by Sunday. Um, not sure what to expect. It should be a huge boost for the Steelers. Um, he's been out since, what, week four with that hamstring injury. Um, but he wasn't being utilized very much. And I don't know if that's Matt Canada. I don't know if that's Kenny. I don't know what the scoop with that was. But it was very frustrating for, for Steelers fans. But hopefully it will be a big boost for that uh, big division rivalry coming up, which could, depending on what goes down Thursday night, if the Bengals beat the Ravens this game will be for first place in the AFC North and potentially if the if if later on if the Eagles beat the Chiefs could be for to be tied for number one overall in the AFC so 
outlandish that that both either Cleveland or Pittsburgh could be sitting in that position. Um, <clears throat> do you want to do you want to take the lead on old uh, <laughs> old, old Mister Deshaun, Mister Mister Watson's erect penis? I find it probable that he did touch that woman. I I saw a great picture of you know Deshaun Watson in his full uniform but it's like the predator head on the uniform yeah, and he's surrounded by he's asian masseuse masseuses uh that's a great whoever made that picture uh, i bow, i bow my head to you uh that was a uh, a great a great one but yeah my ex feed was popping off at work today with uh all this deshaun news and you know my take on it is I don't. I still don't know what was fractured in his shoulder. It was the uh, the glenoid fossa, which is actually I do. I will say so. The the socket part of Deshaun's shoulder was fractured. I didn't. I didn't catch much of that game because it was going on during the Steelers game. Um, but just talking to people to, at work today, I guess you know after after throws and stuff, he kind of kept rolling his rolling his shoulder out. Um, obviously, it was probably very uncomfortable. I guess they took him out for a hail mary at the end of the first half and had uh pj walker i'm assuming either either walker or dtr throw throw a hail mary at the end of the first half just because he couldn't push the ball down the field which is crazy by the rate that the ravens even you know that they wouldn't pick up on that and have him you know i guess he just beat him up underneath the the second half but without the ability to really push it downfield but yeah i mean when so you so you have a fracture on the socket part of the of the shoulder i mean there's really nothing no movement of the shoulder you can do in which that won't hurt badly so i do give deshaun props for for you know fighting through that and having a good second half high high risk or worse worse injury or you know worse things so they're shutting him down for the season getting surgery which is you know they they didn't have a choice tough for the browns because this was really their window they're in salary cap hell for the next well for for a long time probably yeah oh yeah they're they're toast. So if and if Deshaun can't stay healthy, they can't afford another quarterback from free agency. They've got to keep they've they literally have to go back to their old ways of just playing whoever they draft first. It's like you can't make this up. It's it yeah, it's a very God hates Cleveland. <laughs> the it's like, this is the only the only reasonable explanation. They but have I can't, they I have, can't blame God. Or they're well. My go-to is uh, the stories of them building on top of Indian burial grounds, hmm. and that cursed them. I mean, that makes the most sense because you can't just you can't be this bad forever. But they have somehow managed to do that. Them and Detroit are really the only two franchises I can think of that have just been abysmally bad for their entire their entirety at least cleveland made a couple afc championship games but maybe just one against denver i don't i don't know if they've ever but i believe they made two but the old the old school brown the 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 browns the real browns that are currently the ravens see this is this is the thing that i mean this is a whole whole you know entanglement of of arguments and a long trail to go down but it, I, I understand the whole you know the Cle- the lawsuit and, and Cleveland suing you know to retain their records and to get a, an expansion team but like Cleveland keeping the records of the old Baltimore Ravens is like 
is essentially, even though it's an entirely different organization, would it's it basically would be like the Houston Texans getting all of the previous Titans stats when they were the Houston Oilers, mm-hmm. you know, because it's an entirely different. Yeah. You know, they they left, and then you get a new expansion team that's entirely different organization, new personnel, new players, new everything. So it is. So so it, you know, people want to say, "Oh, the Browns used to be good." No, the Ravens used to be good and still are good. The Browns, this this current Browns organization has been a travesty since 1999. Like there there has never been any stability or you know a glimmer of hope. A, a gl- exactly. Mm-hmm. So so the, you know the, the Brown even even though they had you know you know when they were in the AAFC were very successful, got into the NFL, won four championships, NFL championships pre Super Bowl era, and then. Even though they had never won a Super Bowl, they were still a, a good team, very good in the '80s. Just never, never, you know, were able to get to a Super Bowl. Um, and then obviously that carried over to Baltimore. But yes, this, this, the whatever, whatever when the, when the when Medell took the team and moved them to Baltimore, whatever they the the expansion Browns did, they you know built a new stadium or whatever the hell they did, they did something incredibly foul to have this this. Constant stroke of misfortunes. Yeah, uh, it's bad. We can we can move on, and I, it's funny because I was talking to Lance Sunday night, trying to we're trying to plan and all that, and I was like, he was working all day. I was like, uh, the yeah, the Browns lost, and uh, the Browns blew it. And Teresa is like, oh, the Tooth Fairy is like the browns won and i go oh sorry i'm just so used to saying the browns lost <laughs> it's a habit it was just a tick but yeah the browns did pull out a very um emotional and effortful uh comeback win against the ravens at at baltimore and so you know it, it's never fares very good for a team when they had like the best win of the weekend and then obviously you lose your starting quarterback now so Mike Tomlin also 25 and 5 against rookie quarterbacks uh, straight up so you know they're going with DTR basically they're go- they're good just going back to their old ways we're going to go with the rookie to to see if we can basically I think develop him in in eight games these last eight games but also we're going to give up on him probably after four games and put PJ back in is, is good how it could go. Uh, I don't know how it's going to look. Uh, you know, Steelers defense is, is very good. Uh, um, but now we don't have any middle linebackers, inside linebackers to speak of. We're on our third string slash practice squad guys in there. So they definitely, we are definitely vulnerable right now. Um, and I think, the over under is 33. I think it could very well go over. Everyone is betting the under right now on that. And that is extremely low. I don't know if that might, that has to be the lowest total of the year. Yeah. I um, was reading. It might be the lowest total ever, depending on ever. I don't know. That was something I saw on Twitter. So geez, I feel <laughs> like, I feel like the over is the play there unofficially. Follow us on X at Return to Play Pod for our picks. I think we're 53, 30, 38, and four. I know the 53 is right, but we, so we're definitely still in the black. We're rolling. 
And uh, yeah, we'll check check back with us Sunday. Maybe we'll have that over on there for you. Uh, which also after this show note, I I really do need to teach you how to use Canva, but uh, I don't know how how well I'll be able to put that in over there. I should be fine, but we'll see. Okay, I think we've covered we've covered it all. Also, another note, last note before we go to new segments. Uh, the Jaguars haven't scored a touchdown since they waved our terrible tiles around uh, at, after beating us in Pittsburgh. So no team has ever, no nothing good has ever happened to a team after disrespecting the terrible towel. Uh, but somehow the, the Jaguars did not um, review that part of history, I guess. And now they are paying the price for it. So honestly, uh, give me... You know, I think the Jags, the Jags could bottom out just on curse alone here. <laughs> Don't mess and, with the towel. And they're playing uh, their home against the Titans this week, I believe. I, I do love them this week to bounce back, but you don't mess with the towel. No. I already, I have my Juju jersey and my, in a terrible towel packed, uh, Tooth Fairy wanted me to go with a jersey. I wouldn't care if I lost. But more, <laughs> I'm not afraid of losing it. Like I'm not. I'm not going to take the jersey off until I'm back in my hotel room. But like I'm more. I'd be way more concerned with just slopping it up and it needing dry cleaned. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, that's that's the plan. I'm going to rock the juju this week, even though Friar Moot's coming back, and it is what it is. Uh. Let's move on to draw of the week. It's international break in Europe, so we have some MLS playoffs to choose from or Europa. Uh, Danny, you got you got one for us? I do, yes. I'm going back to Conmebol World Cup qualification. South America, last, last international break when I took this as my draw of the week. Uh, I hit, and that was might have been the last, might have been the last one that I hit last month. So, uh, but I like uh, the two, the two heavyweights on on Tuesday. Argentina in Brazil. Um, Brazil actually uh, lost a game, a, quali- a World Cup qualifier, in might have been their m- most recent game actually which was their first loss in like two cycles, I believe, at uh, Uruguay. So Brazil down, obviously no Neymar. We talked about how he's out with the ACL, probably going to miss Copa America next summer, which is sucks. Um, Brazil doesn't lose at home. Argentina is definitely the more talented team right now, but Brazil, Brazil loses at home. That would be devastatingly bad for them. Um, you know, it's not going to put them in danger of missing the World Cup or anything like that, but obviously to their arch nemesis at a place they never lose would be uh, devastating. So I like uh, Brazil to get outplayed, but get the draw at home, and that one is plus 220 on FanDuel. All right, I am going to go with, uh, I'm looking at the Euros right now, I'm going to go with Luxembourg hosting Bosnia. Both teams are plus 165 for Luxembourg, plus 155 for Bosnia. So both are 
heavy underdogs in this game. So, so I'm going to take the draw at plus 230 here. I feel like there's some value on that one. No other reason behind that, obviously. And I couldn't tell you if I've hit any of these draws uh, in the past month. Yeah, so you'll know if you take them, if they hit or not. Uh, we're just, you know, letting you, letting you have them. I, lost I find the value plays. Danny put some thought into it. I, I, had my, I had my draw. I had it nailed last week, and then uh, Everton sniped me at the debt in like the 95th minute or something to get the win. So happy for Everton, mad for my bank account. Yeah, and my plan, uh, Lance and I's plan is to definitely watch Germany Saturday night over there. Um, they're playing Turkey, so they should smoke them. But just to get some pub atmosphere of like everyone watching, you know, a, a meaningful German national soccer game will be pretty cool. Is uh, I know it's not in Munich, but. Is it in? Is the game in Germany or is it in Turkey? It's it is in Germany in Berlin. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be good vibes, I'm sure. Yeah, I don't even. They don't even have that game on Fanduel though. So it's it must not be a Euro qualifier then. It might. It might. They. It. It depends on. Yeah. Sometimes they won't have a game just based on the way the schedule works. It's because some some groups have. It's not perfectly balanced. Like some groups have one more team than others, so when they have like an empty slot, they'll just throw in a friendly, you know, just to, you know, like you know, get uh, get a game and. I and see get... it. It is a friendly, so it never mind. It's not a meaningful German uh, soccer game. The, I mean, it'll still be be good, vibe. especially you know Germany's been struggling past couple of years, so I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a uh, intrigue amongst the populace and like you know checking out some young players seeing who you know trying to find this this next uh wave of uh, of players or you know get figure out their lineup for this cycle so definitely should be some public interest in the game at least especially in I just a country hear that's them. not America yeah i'm sure they still care very much and uh like imagine if usa played international football like I think we would. Oh I, yeah. I think I would still be carrying. We're gonna out. fucking smoke Costa Rica. <laughs> um. So, so I'm still looking forward to it. And actually, I'm gonna just count my blessings here. We're going on a very down week. There's nothing really going on in in Germany this weekend. The Christmas markets aren't open quite yet. It's kind of cold and overcast. And so, you know, it should be pretty easy to get around, not a whole lot of um, hustle and bustle, and we might not have to wait as long to to do some things or get some beers and just kind of see a ca- what a casual uh, weekend's like in, in Germany. So either way, I'm still excited to go. It's you can good. probably look into if uh, Bayern might have, like, some sort of a scrimmage or something. It'll, I mean, it won't be like their stars, but they might have, like, their lesser player, their their bench, playing like some random crappy team. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times they'll do something like that during the breaks. I'm sure there is like lower divisions playing, but I don't. I'm not gonna waste our time. Yeah, sitting through that. There is a Bayern Munich museum, which is free to go to with our. We bought the city pass thing. 
get around the city for free too. Um, so I, maybe we'll maybe we'll peruse that area. I do want to go past the stadium. I definitely want to see the stadium. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that's probably even like going going to like the team shop or something would be still be like pretty sweet. I think. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I will get you a Harry Kane jersey. <laughs> Harry Kane. I think that wraps up soccer for the week. <laughs> Next week we will uh, we will have we'll be in full swing again with the soccer league. So we'll get right into the greasy couple, couple USA games, uh, Concacaf Nations League games before uh, before oh. next podcast. So. Might get an angry, angry Danny rant, but I think we'll be fine. They actually play Trinidad both in both games, home and away. That's the way the schedule worked out. So, revenge tour, revenge tour. Every every time we play Trinidad forever, it's a revenge tour from now on. <laughs> uh, I like it. Well, let's get right into the greasy gambling picks, wrap things up. My record now is 17, 11, and 2. Danny, 13, 15, and 2. We don't need to talk about it. I uh, finally finally got back to 500. I hit I hit the my early game on the noon slate, and then my other two just got absolutely slaughtered. Weren't even weren't even I mean they both got blown out. Weren't even close to covering. So the minus two and a half theory didn't was, pay out. It was not it was not not good. Very not good. Um, yeah, I picked I picked three college favorites, and it didn't work out. And so, if it if it's if it's broke, don't fix it is my my mantra because it will magically fix itself. So we're going three college favorites again this week, just because that's what I like. <laughs> uh, Danny is four four and two on his locks. I was freaking four and one or something at one point too. Yep, and I've hit six in a row. Bad news. Bad news for me. With Broncos winning outright to eliminate Danny from his survivor pool. Yeah, that was when they when he missed the first one. I was like, no way! Like I'm like I'm still in this. <laughs> Dude, McDermott, we shit on Tomlin. McDermott's had a lot of freaking Tomlin moments the past couple years. Mm-hmm. And they both went to they played college football together at William and Mary. So I don't know what was in the water down there in Virginia, but <laughs> well, he's he is on the hot seat for sure. I've seen some Gotta local be. Bill stuff. He's Gotta and be. when you fire the offensive coordinator midseason, that is definitely just a shuffle the deck. Don't look at oh, me. They're in, they are in danger. I mean, they are two games out now, basically from the play a game and a half. I mean, yeah, and what what are you supposed to do when you lose? All your defense, half of your defense. They are, yeah, they are very banged up. That is, yes. But uh, offensively, they can't. They they have not moved the ball with you know one of the top five, supposedly top five quarterbacks in the league. You would assume. But let's uh, let's get into the picks. I'll I'll let you go first again because we know, right. we already know how you're rolling this week. All right, let's do it. I got oh. Uh... So the uh, my first one, it's the uh, the Kansas Bowl, the 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 two Kansases, Kansai, Kansies, the two Kansas teams having good seasons, both seven and three. Uh, Kansas with a tough loss last week after uh, Jason Bean 
their backup quarterback, who has been playing really well, went down. Um, not sure what the injury was, some type of leg injury. Don't expect him back this week, uh, which doesn't bode well for Kansas. So while I love Kansas and what they're what they got going on down there in Lawrence, I like K-State to come to town and, and win big. So Kansas State, minus eight and a half. Kansas State's a pretty pretty good team this year. Um wish they wish they very pulled, very sharp play. Wish they it, pulled that game out versus uh versus Texas. That was that was tough. Now I'm now I'm reading Jason Bean was practicing today, took a bunch of reps. <laughs> Damn. Well, we're still we're rolling with it. Kansas State minus eight and a half. Um the next one sticking in the Big Twelve. I like West Virginia at home, minus six and a half. Uh, played really well this year, especially when uh the quarterback is healthy, Garrett Green or something like that is his name. Been playing pretty well. Got absolutely routed last week by Oklahoma. Like them to bounce back in a big way at home, minus six and a half against the struggling Cincy. And then my lock, my absolute lock, hammer it in. I don't care what you got to do. Big, big news in Boise. They finally fired head coach Andy Avalos, who uh had an abysmal almost three three year stint in Boise uh basically their their three worst seasons of the past couple decades uh under him so some disappointing losses uh that the Colorado State game where they blew a 21 point lead and lost on a Hail Mary in like the final four minutes tough to swallow they're sitting at five and five which is like outrageously offensive for a Boise team especially a very talented Boise team so uh, Utah State, no, no Mountain West slouch, but I like Boise come in there and uh, to whoop some tail. And and I don't even know, I don't even know who the interim coach is, but can't be can't be worse than what they had going on. So I like Boise minus three and a half. That's my hashtag lock of the week. Go Broncos. The uh, the Kansas State line is mega sharp. You're you're on that one, but you know with that quarterback news, who who knows? Yeah. And then with West Virginia minus six and a half, uh, it is the public play. It is the uh, the chalk play. So uh, almost 90% of the bets and money are on West Virginia right now at that number. But we'll see. And then Boise State split. So it, I've, I like your lock. I like Kansas. Sounds like 0-3. Let's do it. <laughs> Well, we'll see. maybe I, I like you to at least get back in the lock, get get ahead in the lock column here, get get you in the, the money in the locks. So going over to, to my side of things, the sharpest NFL play right now is the disgusting Chicago Bears plus eight at Detroit. Divisional game, eight is a lot of points for a divisional game, and they're getting Justin Fields back. I think the... Lions are a good team. They're going to put up some points on the on the Bears here, but I think the Bears can move the football on on Detroit's defense as well. So I at least like the Bears to to move into field goal range, and and that way they can they can keep it within eight here going into the going into the witching hour, and then I will move into the into North Carolina for the rest of my picks. And no, I'm not taking the shit ass Panthers again. 
they had their one week. <laughs> I nailed them. I nailed it the one week they they beat Houston, and I'm going to stay away from them the rest of the season. They are ass, and Frank Reich is ass. So I'm going to college. UNC plus seven at Clemson. Uh, Drake May, they they want to right this ship. They're still looking at, you know, they've dropped all the way to 24 in the country. They do not want to become an unranked team. That's not what they had in mind for this season. And they're playing a tough Clemson team that's starting to click, starting to get their shit together. But I like this to be a close game. I don't think... You know, when I looked at the the rankings of all the stats between Clemson and UNC's offense and defense, you know, they're pretty dead even in almost every stat. So give me a one-score game here as well for UNC. And then my lock of the week is NC State plus three at Virginia Tech. Uh why you know, I don't know why it's such a low number. They are on the road in Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's been been playing better as the season's gone on, but uh NC State's a better team and they've played better competition all year. I think Virginia Tech is more like um Miami Hurricanes level and and um NC State blew them out and then they blew out another um shit team so i think uh i think nc state as an underdog here i think they feel disrespected and they will go in and uh and get the dub and in vt sandstorm won't uh deter them i do love the nc state pick my boy uh, mega Robinson, brennan robinson not brennan robinson that's my buddy's brother brennan armstrong uh Came back, got the got the starting position back, and and came through in a big way last week. So, the hometown kid loved to see it. All right, NC State quietly putting together a very good season. Yeah, the only two losses, I believe. Three, three, but they three. were uh, Duke, Louisville, and uh, who's the, who's their Notre Dame. Notre Dame smacked them. So, I mean, three, you know, ranked like, teams. Yeah. Duke, Duke no longer ranked, but had Riley Leonard never gotten hurt, they would be ranked. So. Uh, Quiet, quietly successful season for NC State, who has looked pretty sloppy at times, but has been able to. Pull they know how games. to win, unlike Akron. But they also <laughs> covered. They covered though on on the X picks, and then my I got a bonus rat line of the week. Rat line one and zero on the season for the pod here with uh, Clemson a few weeks ago, and rat line this week. The South Carolina. I'm staying in the Carolinas. Call me Mr. Carolina. If all three of these hit, you have to address me as Mr. Carolina next week. I'll address you as Mr. Carolina regardless. <laughs> and I, the Gamecocks are only uh, – no, they're the, I think they're the favorite. That they're, but the line is one and a half against Kentucky. And I think people have the perception that um, – or I have the perception that Kentucky is a very good uh, football team that has just come up or uh, come up short against superior opponents. They're six and four. South Carolina is four and six, but South Carolina has gotten dog walked by uh, pretty much every team that they've lost to. Whereas Kentucky plays um, a bit more respectable football, but everybody is betting on Kentucky. 80% of the bets, 94% of the money, 
everybody is on Kentucky thinking they're getting a steal minus one and a half in Columbia. So give me the Gamecocks as the rat line because that makes no sense. Why are they only plus one and a half? They should be they should be at least plus three against Kentucky. You're you're telling me it's a pick'em game, and there's no way that South Carolina should be considered to be as good as Kentucky. So that's a rat line. Jump on the jump on the cocks and have yourself a splendid weekend, no matter where you are in the world. We're getting into the nitty-gritty football. We're getting down to the details here. Week 11 of the NFL. Few weeks left of college football regular season. We're, we're, you know, we're getting into the thick of it. So enjoy, stay warm, eat well, drink well, stay healthy, America, and Deutschland. Hmm.